Hey there, everybody. It's time to double your pleasure and double your fun. It's time for Ed and Sean. You know those two rascals. They're known as Geeksters. And welcome to episode 262, part two of Geeksters. I'm your host, Ed. I am your host, Sean. Hey, <laughs> welcome to the program. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm Sid Provet. Here I am in my sexy underwear, just relaxing, getting ready to talk about the show where I talk about the fractured butthole. <laughs> oh. <laughs> you know, um. Yeah, where I talk about the fractured butthole, South Park's new game. Yes. Um, we talk a little bit about the Batman the Animated Series. Mm-hmm. We talk about the selling of water. I'm sorry, melted ice. <laughs> yes. And we also talk about a killer clown who's been on the run for 30 years. Yes. <laughs> that one takes a bizarre turn. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, I don't know. You got anything else to add before? Mm, no. <laughs> I can't I think of anything. Okay. I mean, we covered everything what we did and... <laughs> you pretty much ran down what's about to what you're about to hear on the show. show right? All right, well then, uh, then uh, sit back, relax. We'll see you at the end. And and we're back. You're listening to Geeksters Live on AquanetRadio.com, iTunes Radio, and TuneIn. Just start talking Radio on those apps. Are you sure we're on? Because I can't hear shit. Well, I can hear it on my end. I can hear you. And oh, great. Huh. Well, I'm gonna say my mine's probably dead. <laughs> okay. All right. Let's. Uh, all right, well, <laughs> hold on. I want to try something. Did that work? Hello? Nope, didn't work at all. Okay. <sighs> oh, joy. All right, well, I guess, uh, let me, which one, which mic am I? You're number two. Hello? Hello? All right, oh, well. Okay. Guess I won't need any of these then. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so uh, can you hear me? I can hear you fine. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Your mic's your mic's perfect. Well, well, you probably when you knock your earphones down, you probably hit something or probably. Let me just see. Let me try this. Okay. La la la. Nope. Let it all right. All right. Well, my headphones are dead. Yay! All right. Well, see so, if those work. Well, uh, I don't know. Give me a reach. Yeah, they're plugged in over here. Hold on. <laughs> while they're doing while they're doing some <laughs> my, my earphone maintenance here uh, i want to welcome you back to the show and uh hope everybody's having a good time and uh welcome back and uh that's all i got so uh <laughs> all right uh no i can can you hear me i can hear you but i can't hear myself all right i don't know that's weird it is weird right. i mean you're coming through the mic fine yeah yeah, yeah. all right well i guess i'll just have to fake it all right <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, so then, uh, yeah. Well, when we last left the show, Sean was going to give his review of the new South Park game. That's game. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we'll give you that back. Since clearly that didn't work. Well, uh, where to start? Well, Ed, there was a game a long time ago called The Stick of Truth. That's right. You remember that game? Yes, I do. Did you play that game? Yes, I did. Right, what did you think of the game? I-, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a great game. Uh, it was uh, one of those games that you kind of... Um, 
it, it to me it was a, it was like a, a good kind of re, almost re, I don't know how to put how to explain this. It's a good reality game in terms of South Park. Like everything that you could do in the game, you either saw in the show, and there was always good laughs. But there was so much more. Like it was like an open world uh, way of, of playing the game. So it was an interesting way of doing it that way. All right. Yes, so, I would agree. Um, yeah, for me, it was like one of the better um, role playing games. Yes, I would say like first when it first came out, I was like, oh, I'm so excited. And then they waited a year before they put it out. That's right. And I was like. But it was worth the wait because it was it was probably one of the better role playing games I've, I've played. Yeah. If you're a fan of South Park, it was, you know, like playing an actual episode. Right. <clears throat> well, this game takes everything you know about the first stick of truth and cranks it up a little bit. All right. Cranks it up a lot. Well, first, it was supposed to come out over a year ago. All right. That's right. Uh, right. So <laughs> I remember when the first game was first announced, they had this big trailer. And at the very end, you had Butters go, don't forget to pre-order. And they're like, shut up, Butters. <laughs> right. Little did I know that that you know there's a little some truth in advertising because it was supposed to come out last year. Yeah. And then they postponed it to March, and then I think like a week or two before the game was supposed to come out, they postponed it again later this year. Yes. Now, the first time they did it, I thought it was a joke. Yes. Because I'm like, all right, that's good on them. You know, they got us because they know what the problem was last time. Right. But then they did it a second time. I'm like. True. Um, <laughs> so it was just a matter of just waiting. I'm like, all right, well, you know what? The first game, while pushed back, was worth it. Mm-hmm. I'm hope I was hoping that you know it would repeat customer. Traffic. Right. Um, I can honestly say that it's still probably one of the better role playing games I've played. Because <laughs> um, first of all, it is. And I haven't watched South Park in a long time, mm-hmm. but I do enjoy the concept. The concept of it is over. Last couple of years, uh, Cartman has created this persona called the Coon. Yes, where he's a raccoon, he's a superhero. It's basically a, a play on Batman. Mm-hmm. You know, best way I can put it. And uh, he's got all his other friends. It's, it's Coon and friends. Yes, you know, um, to be like superheroes. Well, in the course of the game, it takes place three days after the Stick of Truth ends. Okay. All right. So like, game starts off, and they're all like, you know, they're all still playing like Stick of Truth, and where's the king? And there you are in the toilet. You know. Because yeah. if you remember, your power in the stick of truth was the power of farts. Yes. The game was close to my heart. Eh? Yes, that's true, right? <laughs> so. <clears throat> um, and then you get the title of Fractured Butthole. Right, the Fractured Butthole. Well, it's B-U-T-W-H-O-L-E. Right. All right, so two two words we put together sounds like butthole. It always makes you chuckle. <laughs> <laughs> so, <clears throat> in the middle of this big grand fight, at some point, someone goes, okay, you know what? We're not doing this anymore. We're doing superheroes. <laughs> it's <just> like, <laughs> you're like, all right. And the idea is that um, there is a missing cat, and there's a $100 reward. All right. So Carmen comes up with the idea that we need to find this cat, so that way we need to use that $100 to start our movie franchise. And <laughs> okay. That, and that, and he has on the board how it's all going to play out. Like, right. first we do this movie, then we do this movie, then we do this movie, and then someone goes, how, about, how come I don't get this movie? And a fight ensues, and next you know, Civil War. <laughs> you know, Mysterion and his group of friends um, are pissed off, you know, and Cartman and his group of friends, but you're playing, you being still the new kid on the block, you're still treated like a piece of shit. Yeah. You know, you're like, new kid, you're reduced to sidekick, you know, <laughs> while you're, while you're um, doing the game now. Things they did change was the fighting mechanics. Before it was kind of a linear, like hey, you know, like there was some button mashing. Yeah, but this one's more grid based, where you can actually move your character on certain, like in certain areas. Mm-hmm. 
you have a movement. And then when you get to your movement, <laughs> and say your own joke there. Um, at some point, you know, you can have these attacks. And those attacks, again, are still quick time events like XXX or press the X button a bunch and something happens. You know, yeah. A, a bite or a punch. Right. But what I like about it is that there's constant conversations going on during the course of the fight. Like mm-hmm. someone made a comment about the biting, like, nice move, human kite. You know, like, <laughs> you know, like Kuhn has these great, like, one-liners, like, ooh, that's going to hurt, you know? And, <laughs> and you have, like, um, effects. Like with Kuhn, since he's got claws, he gets a, a we call it a bleeding effect. Um, pause my iPod. I was too busy worrying about my headset. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> um, so the game, it's, it's, and it's, it's, um, very mature, very mature, very mature. It is, it earns that mature rating. Okay. Not just for cursing, but for content as well. Like, um, the idea of you being a superhero now, you have to, Carmen helps you create your backstory and your tragedy. Okay. And, the tragedy that comes with the reason why you fight crime is because when you were younger, you heard, you know, um, burglars in the house, and you fought those burglars, and you thought they were attacking your mom, and you beat those burglars, and you hear her, you know, in the, in the next room, and you open the door, and then that's where you saw, you saw your dad fuck your mom, <laughs> <laughs> okay. and that gives you the tragic backstory to make you why you decided to become a crime fighter. <laughs> <All right. laughs> now, when you first start your your character, you have the three classes like a brawler. A speedster, okay, and like a, a, a flame, like a, a flame manipulator, you might say. All right, like, and each one has like their own special powers and stuff like that. And then you pick one of three, one of three classes: a baller, a brawler, um, a, a psychic, and a mutant, basically. Okay, um, and Jimmy, you know, Jimmy, Jimmy, yes, fellas. Um, he plays, he's a speedster. <laughs> and then, uh, and he, like, wait, wait, wait. <laughs> uh, all right, guys. So when you need his help, because there's, there's, um, fast points, you know, like, like travel the farts, the fast, the fast pass map, I guess you might say, like, yeah. um, fast travel. When you kind of hit one of them and you need to get another place, he'll run up and like, oh, oh, Friend, where do you need to go? And then you go on the map. Like, okay, and takes you. And but it's really fast. It's it's like definitely a flash special effects and everything. Yeah. And he drops you off. And he's like, okay, you know, and then you know hobbles off. Now um, that he does slowly, right? Yeah, he does slowly. Yeah. There, I did see Timmy. Timmy's in it. You know, Timmy's in the wheelchair. Timmy. Three. But he is like the Professor X of the group because there's a. Okay. When I finally see uh, Timmy, it's Coon and him are having an argument. And Timmy does the whole puts his fingers up to his head, and he's you know, he's like, dah, 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 dah. "Eric, you must have. You, we need your help. You must stop this craziness." He's like, "Get out of my mind! Get out of my mind!" <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> <laughs> no, that's just the kid antics. But one of the missions I had to go was to stop at the church. Right. To see the local priest. And then, for whatever reason, I need to go back to the back room where it's dark. Mm-hmm. Where two priests try to accost me, Ed. 
<laughs> so you have to kind of spend time because they have these special moves that you can't block. So you have to run over and and avoid those special moves. Right. And they're like, ooh, you know. And then <laughs> my favorite part though was how to infiltrate a strip club. <laughs> to get information from a girl named Classy, <laughs> Classy with, with an I, so you know, she, you know she's Classy. Right. Um, <clears throat> and there's a big boss fight where you have to fight. You know, like. You had to go through the back dressing room of and fight basically strippers um, to get to classy, and the DJ does a next coming up is Ashley. Watch out, fellas! She'll stick you in your ass, like you know. <laughs> and you got to fight these girls, and at at some point in time, there's the um, uh, bodacious bootay comes in, <laughs> big woman, big huge ass, and you can't fight her. You have to basically run away from her. But she's got this like time to move where if you don't get out of the way, she jumps up in the air and slams her ass into the ground and it's almost an instant kill. <laughs> so you gotta make sure that you're always moving forward on this grid right. to get to classy while trying to avoid the big ass that's gonna like, slam down on you. Yeah. <laughs> 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 but um there's but in order to get to that room I had to distract the DJ. And in order to distract the DJ I need to come up with a drink. All right. I used a, a gin and tonic. Um and uh, we call it a mixture called boogers and cum. And I uh, used cum. <laughs> and I had to give it to him. And that he made him run off into the bathroom, which allowed us to get to the mic and go, yes, ladies and gentlemen, classy. And she's like, why are you calling me up? And like, let's get her. She's like, oh, she, she thinks you're the cops. But you're like five-year-old kids. Like, you know, you're like, yeah, you're in fifth grade. And so obviously it's like, well, clearly, you know, we're not cops, but let's get her. Yeah. You know? And she runs next door into the Italian market, which is, you know, they're holding cats hostage for whatever reason. Because it's South Park. All of a sudden, things go super south. And and you have to you have to fight these mob guys as your kid selves, like as, as your superhero. You know, you all have like special moves you have to do. And then, of course, because you bring down a mob ring, Let's the the big boss of that's trying to group all the drug dealers together to be the head guy in charge. Right, uh, he gets him pissed off, so he sends people out looking for you. But you're trying to be a mild mannered kid, <laughs> <laughs> and then you get to be a subclass. Like right now, I did, I did enough work as as a, as a junior. Like, okay, you, well, if you really want to do this, you have to do that. But now you're a sidekick, and I was teamed up with Captain Diabetes, so. <laughs> It's a kid's got childhood diabetes, but when he gets angry, he gets super strong and then breaks it. In order to trigger it, he's got to sip on some apple juice <laughs> to get his super, super diabetes strength and then gives himself his own insulin. <laughs> you got to look, you're going to look him up. Diabetes. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> he also has a speech impediment. Isn't it Scott Milkison? That might be. <laughs> Captain Diabetes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> I haven't seen Butters yet because Butters obviously is chaos, Captain Chaos, you know, or Professor Chaos. Yeah, Scott Milkinson. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So. Start me slimy. Yes. So now I. I'm Scott Milkinson. I got Davies. <laughs> Start making fun of me, kids. All right, guys. I just got done a boss fight the other night. Um, I had to help Kyle because his nephew, his cousin was over and his cousin's copying everything he ate. He's like, oh my god, you gotta, you gotta help me. He sounds like basically like Woody Allen. <laughs> <laughs> and then you get into um, a fight with the kid, and he's like, I'm gonna use my super duper power. 
Big fuck, yeah, plastic ass, whatever, whatever her. Right. So she comes out and she gets all mad and she starts, you now have to fight her. But that pisses off Kyle, so he jumps in and he starts, he's on, he had to beat the Brasowskis. Yeah. So you got to do that whole big fight scene with them. It's hysterical. Like, I actually have to hit my headphones on because she gets distracted. <laughs> you know? <laughs> something shiny. <laughs> Well, she's doing something, you know, we have, we've got to do a nice flow where she'll read or she'll play her video games on her phone and I'll be there. But the other one, the first guy, she's like, can you put your headphones on? Because I'm getting distracted. <laughs> <laughs> what do you, as, a, as an outsider watching me play, what do you think? Um, I don't really like watch you as much as you think that I do. <laughs> <laughs> um, Not necessarily watch, but you hear. No. The the hearing of it is is hysterical. You know what I mean? Like yeah. when I'm doing whatever I'm doing with coloring or whatever it is that I'm doing, I can hear like the funny that is going on in the game yeah. and the the jokes and the stuff like that. And every once in a while, I'll look up and like kind of see what he was doing. But to be honest, like I feel like sixty percent of the time that I look up to see what's going on in the game, he's sitting on the toilet trying to get some stupid fucking achievement thing. <laughs> <laughs> Because I'm so big, <laughs> I'm on the toilet. Well, there, there's, there's a mini game feature where you actually have to every house or every place you can take a shit in. They encourage you to because there's a little mini game because you have to harness the power of farts. So <laughs> this is how. But it's like a mini game where it's like, okay, roll the joysticks this way, or yeah. this way. It's like all quick time games. And the idea is, if you pass, you get like a little check mark, like you know, like so you don't have to hit that toilet again. It keeps like a, like a running tab of where you've pooped. <laughs> You know, some are really difficult, though. Some are like, okay, up, down, up, down, left, right, left, right. And then when it's time to shake one off, you got to wiggle the joystick left shake and right to pinch it off. And then <laughs> I mean, you're not seeing the, uh, I know. You're not, you're not seeing the poop. You know, there's a nice little visual graphic that kind of... I haven't come across Mr. Hank yet. <laughs> okay. Not yet. Um, oh, but at some point, if I do enough dookies, you know, he'll show up. You know? <laughs> <laughs> um it's been it's it's a fun game i was like okay was it worth the wait yeah it was but what's what i liked about it too is that it comes with a um digital copy of the stick of truth so if you haven't had a chance to play stick, stick of, of truth, truth and you want to play the fractured butthole run out grab it and that way you can actually like play stick of truth and follow it right up with the fractured butthole because Stick of Truth still holds up. It's still a good game. Yeah. You know, so you're not losing out on anything, especially if you get to get two games for the price of one. Yeah. And if you pre-ordered it, you, well, I think it's, even if you didn't pre-order like the first run mm-hmm. as the Mr. Towley uh, companion <laughs> guide. Okay. <laughs> Which is, is not necessarily, it's, it's, I would say, it's a cute bonus feature. Right. Not necessarily a, um, like, a needed one because he'll just pop them and go, don't forget, if you go in someone's house, make sure you visit the toilet. You know? <laughs> and, or, hey, in order to go here, you might need... He'll give you like a little like little guides here and there. Right. But it's not necessarily... You can figure out. So you don't have to be like a super genius to you know, figure out some of the puzzles. <laughs> right. But again, in typical South Park fashion, fashion, you can pick up everything that's not nailed down. Right. You get to create like little... Um, there's a... a um, Creative mode where you actually get to create your own 
food, you know, to help your potions. Okay. Um, also artifacts that you can wear to help your powers, uh, power status. Okay. Like I found like a giant dildo that I can, I'm not wearing it on me, but it's, uh, it's somewhere on him though. <laughs> it's, it's, it's part of my costume where it'll give me like a, a, a boost of 20 might, you know, like, you know, like that. But where he's got to stick it, we really don't want to say. Um, well, we could. Uh, then, we will. Uh, Morgan Freeman owns a, a chicken restaurant. <laughs> Okay. Uh, I, I visited Shitty Walk the other day because <laughs> I needed uh, something to help with. Uh, right now, I'm looking to big tear take down the raisins. The little girl. Uh, oh, welcome to raisins. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's very enjoyable and very fun. It's like, I'm like, all right. I'm, I'm good. I'm, I'm, I'm into it. And I'm like trying to be like really dutiful and playing that. I mean, I've been playing Destiny 2 as well. Yeah. But it knows that now since I've done the storyline, it's really like just upkeeping my um, like part of my clan, do some certain routines over mm-hmm. the course of the week. It doesn't take too much, but I'm still enjoying it. Like I think in November or yeah, February, the first expansion pack comes out. I think. Okay. I'm like, all right, I'm looking forward to that. Nice. Yeah. Um, maybe next week I might have uh, an Assassin's Creed um, review. Review, maybe. All right. Yeah, you know, it depends on how. Like I have it waiting for me. Obviously, because I pre-ordered, because that's what I do. But <laughs> I might wait to try to beat, get through, you know, South Park before I pick it up. Mm-hmm. Or I might, maybe. I don't know. But then I also go, yeah, we got Star Wars coming out in November. Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited. Yeah. I mean, I'm, they're playing that preview. I'm like, it's just super excited for this game. Play the beta? Oh, well, you can't anymore. All right, I need yeah. to yeah, you know. okay. actually, it was there was an extra day I didn't know about. Oh, those bastards! And it was like, and because it it, <laughs> finally on Facebook, it's like it's over, and I'm like, it's fucking Tuesday. You <laughs> fuckers, I could have played an extra day and didn't know about it. Fuck you! <laughs> and I'm like, I can't say, I can't be mad at you, Star Wars. <laughs> Come back. <laughs> I'll wait. <laughs> but it's a fun game, anyway. I highly, I highly recommend it right now. Like, it's definitely a. Uh... All right. All right. Um, uh, so. Yes. It's my turn for the news. Yes. All right. I'm looking through past stuff because uh, it was kind of a, it wasn't a slow news week. There was only one news article that was really coming through this week. Um, I, I, I know your play. I, I sent you a bunch of articles. I don't know if you got those or not. A bunch? Two you sent me? Seven. Uh, so we got two. I got I sent you seven. There's one, two, three. That one I myself. Oh. Oh. I think I'm going to reorder them as one point. All right. Um, so. Yes. Anyway, um, the news article that was made, it's Harvey Weinstein stuff. Yes. I There's nothing much we can say about it. Like, there's nothing funny. Or we don't want to make fun of it. It's just not a. It's not something we could try. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, George Carlin did say you can make anything funny as long as you know how the joke's structured. Yeah. But we're not that smart. <laughs> <laughs> um, however... <laughs> Ed decided to bring us some, toss me a couple of news articles. One, because you said Thursday you were having troubles in the home, so I think so. I figured, you know what? Let me do what I do for nerd news and just throw you a couple articles. See it out, get you kind of like, yeah. Because I mean, now granted, I mean, like some of these articles are not funny articles, but like you have to make fun of them in some way, and it's like I'm going to do do my best to to do that, right? Or you're going to do your best to do it as well. I mean, okay, and so should Stacy. Stacy could come and jump and give us a funny. Uh, all there right. you go, throwing me the ball again. <laughs> I mean, okay, I don't know. I'm just preparing you. Go deep! <laughs> I, <I'm> Further! <laughs> well, well, the Further! First, all right. The first one you give me, I'm like, a 
Okay, we do stuff on geek-related news. So here, here's a sports article. Well, this, <laughs> this to me was hilarious. This to me was hilarious just because of the art, the, 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 uh, fuck, the title of the article. Well, yeah, here's the title. It's uh, on December, September 22nd. Detroit Red Wings selling vials of quote-unquote melted ice, also known as water. Um, apparently, this is what's going <laughs> on, is the Detroit Red Wings are selling commemorative vials of melted ice from their former hockey rink. <laughs> they cost 85 bucks a pop and benefit the team's foundation. Yes. And get this, only 3,000 of them. Yes, it's a limited. 3,000 cups of water. Yeah, that's yeah, right. Yeah. Vials. Vials. No, no, not cups. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That would be a higher price. I mean, yeah. well, it's it, it's, it's just to me that it's it's memorabilia, kind of like kind of like Geek World. You know, you you buy stuff like you know certain things, like you you buy these the dolls, the uh, what do you call those pop dolls? figures? Pop figures, you know, because of certain characters of a movie or a television sure. show. So you get into those kind of things. So to me, it's like the same thing as sports people collecting something like this, a vial of water. But it's just like, <laughs> is this really melted ice from a ice from a, from an old uh, uh, you know skating rink that they have the, their their stadium because they're moving to a new one? So you right. go, is this real? And you're like, it could be just a tap water. <laughs> like somebody just filled vials, somebody's kitchen, <laughs> you know, like some some assistant. It's like we we didn't really expect to have like that. Right, like now, <laughs> oh, shit, we got five thousand orders for these things. <laughs> Quick, get the hose. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, a little bit of on the genius side. Yeah. Because you got to go, well, they actually thought of doing, like, that's not a bad, it's like the fish oil, say snake oil. Step right up here, step right up. <laughs> Cure anything. Get your own official ice for water from our, uh, uh, you know what, I can't sell it. Here, here's some water. Like, you know, $85 in a jar. It's got our logo on it, I'm guessing. I don't even know what the vial looks like. You know, I'm just selling it. <laughs> Here, sign this paper, and you'll get one in the mail. Like, <laughs> Four to six weeks, you'll get a vial in the mail. It was ice. Don't know why it melted. Sorry. <laughs> you, wanted, you wanted the cold packaging? That was extra. That's, that's $100. I mean, but I'm like, I why not just sell the seats from the stadium? <laughs> that would make sense. I mean, because that's what the vet did for yeah. when, when they took down the veteran stadium in Philadelphia here. They first they gave they made the offer to the people who were season ticket holders because mm-hmm. I my dad has a friend who has his his seats in yeah. his house yeah because he's like fuck you I paid for them they're mine <laughs> you know? I know a lot of uh, fans that that were you know sports <laughs> fans from work and all they've gotten seats because they they sat in those seats during games and stuff and they'll tell you these games that they you, you play and you don't really care listening to these stories you're like whatever you know like did they win the World Series nope <laughs> screw it I don't care you know. And then some people are like, oh no, in 08, when they won the world, all right, great, you know, enjoy that, you know, enjoy your seat. Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> enjoy it. I was worried that uh, I forgot a password. <laughs> 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 so I can tweet these articles. Tweet. Uh, <coughs> excuse me. Um, like, I get the, you know, collector part of me, but I'm also like, Dedicated fans. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure it's sold out. Okay. Well, 
$255,000. Did you do the math already? Yes, I did. Oh, look at you. So, two hundred fifty grand. Where is that going to? I know it's going to, it's going to a charity. It is going to an, a charity. It, it was mentioned in the article. Uh, it said their foundation, so I'm sure. Right. It, it's some like, kind of, I know it, the foundation is, means something. And so, for, for it's worth, if you're a Red Wings fan and you want the vial of water. I, I always laugh because I'm like, it's a vial of water. Like, you know, it's... It's it's like it's like a, getting a cloth from Jesus's child. Yeah. Hey, yeah. here's a cloth that has you know the sweat of Jesus is off his brow. All right, and you're and you're like, wow, they sold over a million of those. How big was this cloth? Uh, yeah, really. Like, I, I, it was a flow bowl towel. Hey, get a commemorative coin from the resurrection. Because like, <laughs> <laughs> they were printing them at that time. Yeah. We're gonna make a mint. <laughs> Just cranking them out. Aid <laughs> from the actual nails. <laughs> That's so bad. <laughs> like, oh my god, I need that. That is like the ultimate source of power. <laughs> only a limit of five coins per, per house. Your cost to you only ten percent of your income for the rest of your life. life. <laughs> That's a steal. <laughs> I'm in. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> I mean, I just like, okay. Good on you, Detroit. I but it's is, how can they prove that <laughs> exactly? Like that's why because well, it's only limited run three thousand. <laughs> I, I want to see. I want to see him have a picture of somebody like scooping the the ice off the uh, thing and sticking it in the vial. You're kidding me? They just dumped the excess water for the Zamboni. Yes. You know, like, exactly. That's all they did was just go, oh, we got the Zamboni. We got to move it, but, you know, it's all still for reward. You just went up on the sidewalk? No way. I got an idea. <laughs> what if we took that Zamboni ice, we melted ice, put in little vials, and sell it for charity? Well, you know, you know, it's because probably it's an older state and they had the troughs. You know, when guys get right. in the bathroom, there's this big trough that instead of the individual oh. universal. <laughs> Wait, wait, wait! Don't, 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 don't jump ahead. <laughs> so there's always running water in these troughs. So uh-huh. when you pay, though, it goes down the 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 the, the what do you call it? The trough goes into the drain. The drain. That's <laughs> so. I mean, you know, you could just stick those vials in that running water trough. I mean, how how can you tell? I mean, you're not going to open up and drink it, you know, because it was. This smells like piss. <laughs> <laughs> That's why they lost all those years. <laughs> this is what happens when you throw octopuses or octopi onto the ice. There you go. <laughs> it turns the water into this. <laughs> Tastes like a winner. <laughs> Tastes like Lord Stanley's cup. <laughs> Literally. Lord Stanley's throne room. Not the one he said. Uh, yeah, I mean, God bless you. <laughs> um, all right, here's my other one that, that, that you got. I got to have to look and see. I'm like, hey, maybe I should look and see what the other ones are in there. And this one I thought was interesting. I mean, I would say most of us here are uh, Joker fans. Yeah. 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 Um, oh. Killer clown suspect arrested 27 years after bizarre slang. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, this comes straight out of the, the, the happiest place on earth, Florida. That's right. <laughs> um, 
There was an actual killer clown who frustrated Florida detectives for nearly three decades. <laughs> How can you not see this guy? <laughs> well, maybe him and all his friends piled in the car. <laughs> no, no, couldn't tell which one it was. I'm sorry, man. Can you describe the person? Yeah, he has a red, red, a red nose, big floppy feet. You know, we're in Florida. It's like where? Like uh, uh, you just named the whole population of this, of this borough. I mean, oh, only thing is, did he or did he not hold the metal detector? <laughs> I know that was metal detector free. Okay, cuts down a third. I've already saw <laughs> um. Of course, this happened in Grand Palm Beach County. Yeah. Uh, they announced on Tuesday they finally arrested one of its prime suspects from the start. Wait for it. <laughs> Sheila Warren. <laughs> A girl? Yes. <laughs> Who looks very happy in this photo? <laughs> it's the clown. And she was the clown who shot him. She was the clown. Like some clown shot no, she was legit a clown. She was uh, shot and killed Marlene Warren in Florida in 1990. This, uh, okay, this photo was of her was taken after her arrest Tuesday in Abington, Virginia. She's smiling. Yeah. She's grinning ear from ear like, that's right, fuckers, I did it. I'm proud I did it too. You know, I'd do it again if I could. <laughs> I think it's because of all the clown, you know, you have to smile all the time. So it's like. She's used to like, <laughs> yeah. smile for the picture. So as soon as she sees the camera, she automatically grins. straight. Huh? <laughs> Click. Yeah. You know, like, exactly. Yeah. Like all of a sudden, like, uh, put her in a slammer, throw the book at her, hit her with the book, honk, honk. <laughs> <laughs> She's got squeaky shoes and she walks in. <laughs> all sad. <laughs> womp, womp. <laughs> I need your picture. Well, Smile, quick. As the story goes, apparently on May 26th in 1990, uh, a woman named Marlene Warren answered the front door at her home in Wellington, Florida. Um, she lived in the Arrow Club, a toy community with a private airstrip. Ooh. Standing at the door, someone dresses a clown, red bulb nose, orange wing, and a painted-on smile. The clown held a bouquet of flowers and two balloons, one in bez- in. in with a picture of Snow White and one that said, you're the greatest. The clown held him out to Marlene Warren and then shot her in the face. (laughs) A witness heard the gunshot. She fell to the ground and her teenage son was found lying in a pool of blood. Um, The the paper at the time reported the clown calmly walked back to her a white Chrysler Baron and drove away. Unfortunately, Marlene did pass away yeah, two days later. <laughs> I'm a sick fuck, so that's why I'm laughing. Don't uh, you can judge me all you want. I don't fucking care. <laughs> I'm laughing because this is fucking funny. I mean, I, I, mean, you open the door. There's a clown there. The last thing you're expecting is to get shot, right? Like I, when you see a clown, you're like, uh, we, all don't, right. we don't live in Gotham. Sure, have you? I've, I, my first question would be like, why is there a clown at my door? <laughs> but were they related? Because they have the same, same last name. name? So if it would be like, hey, that's my sister-in-law. Yeah. Dressed like a clown. Or that's, that's my weird. sister. Or my sister. That's weird. Let me answer the door. Hey, sis, what's up? You're the greatest. Bam. Okay. Like, <laughs> and then calmly walks Love. off. They have the make of the car. The, you know, and they have all the, and it took them 30 years to get to the woman. <laughs> like, 
I don't, I don't know how to feel about it. <laughs> who, who, who are the police? The well, Keystone cops? B- Bob Farrell, he was like, this is the strangest thing I've seen in all my 19 years of law enforcement. <laughs> Sheriff spokesman Bob Farrell told the newspaper at the time, it certainly seems well planned out. <laughs> what? I, apparently, she got away with it for 30 years. I have years. so many questions right now. <laughs> okay. I mean, just, all right. Please ask away. Well, okay. All right. There's more. Well, wait, I mean, there is more. All right. All right. Let's let her let okay. him finish. Maybe maybe some of those questions will be answered. Because guess what? The case took strange turns from the already outrageous beginnings. Get this. Mm-hmm. Early on, police identified Keen as a suspect. Um, the Sentinel noted the paper again noticed that two weeks after the murder, that detectives had requested phone records for for Keen and her then husband Richard, but wouldn't say why. All right. Standard police procedure. Right. right. Police also <clears throat> began looking into Marlene's husband, Michael Warrens. Five months after the murder, he turned himself into sheriff deputies who charged him and one of his employees with opening a, operating a quote-unquote shop shop, selling parts from stolen vehicles, and stealing cars to collect on insurance claims. He was convicted of racketeering, grand theft, and odometer pampering in 1994, and served nearly four years in prison, according to the Associated Press. She worked, Keen worked for Warren's dealership where she repossessed cars. Mm-hmm. Then they reported in 1992 that the detectives believed that Keen and Michael Warren were suspects in the killing. Michael Warren and Keen had several motives for wanting Marlene Warren dead, detectives say. Detectives cited an alleged affair, um, <clears throat> a five-figure insurance payment covering the victim, and a full ownership of Michael Warren and the couple's property which included the car dealership, a car rental agency, a lavish Wellington home, and rental properties in the Westgate section of West Palm Beach. Detectives worked the case for years, but couldn't convince prosecutors they had enough evidence to make an arrest. (laughs) All right. Um, The case was uh, a series of circumstances that pointed in one direction. Just because you can point that finger doesn't mean you got enough to convict them. Oh, okay. Granted. Sure. Daisy's jumping in her seat. Um, the uh, sheriff's detective Paige McCann, the lead investigator, said in a news conference on Thursday that our office received a grant in 2014 that it used to reopen some old cold cases. Uh, the new investigation into the killer clown case was launched. This time, advances in DNA technology provided detectives with sufficient evidence, and they arrested Sheila Keen. Uh, you basically got one shot. <laughs> <laughs> the dice and take that chance and she's not not guilty you'll never get that chance again the king said sometimes patience is bad did you really use that phrase yes i mean you got one shot <laughs> oh wait that's right Sorry. i apologize but nowadays someone should be like that's insensitive right you're not fired <laughs> you know? like, i'm sure that's not written in the article but that happened <clears throat> there's more well, okay, the reason why they have the same last name is apparently um, she actually wound up marrying Bill, um, we call him, marrying the guy that she was having the alleged affair with. Okay. Okay, because the Sentinel called, since the time of the slaying, Sheila Keen had become Sheila Keen Warren. In 2002, she married Michael Warren. She was arrested at the home she now shares with him in Abington, Virginia. Um, the paper then called Marlene Warren's 87-year-old mother on Tuesday and informed her that an arrest had been held and it was last been made, and the accused was married to her daughter's former husband. And here's a quote from the 87-year-old woman. 
He married the killer? Son of a gun. <laughs> Michael, Michael Warren hasn't been charged. <laughs> but they just interviewed him again on Wednesday. <laughs> like, I, 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 okay, sweetheart, what's your question? Go ahead. <laughs> okay. First and foremost... How the fuck do they know that's what happened at the front door? They said there was a witness. A neighbor heard the shot. Oh, uh, okay. You're that's right. what it said. I mean, I'm assuming that they're smart enough to get it. No. <laughs> Flag on the fucking play, okay? Right. They said, what you just read, because, listen, I watch a whole lot of fucking Criminal Minds <laughs> and Law Order, okay? She's, She's got a law. expert. She, yeah, she is our legal expert on yes. the show that... God knows she's watched enough Criminal Minds <laughs> and enough Law and Order SVU that yeah. she can solve any crime, any crime. anywhere. I mean, right. Give me a job. All right. Okay. You said that she walked up to the door of this, what I'm going to assume is a gated community, but maybe I'm wrong in that. That's an assumption I'm making because right. it's snazzy. All right. Okay. That she walked up with flowers in her hand and not one balloon, but two. Right. How do they know that? How do they know that? How do they know then after she walked up that she rang the bell and then said what she said? Who told them that? And then how do they know what car that she got into and walked the fuck away in? Because the witness heard a gunshot. Mm-hmm. Well, maybe in the gated community, when someone hears a gunshot, they don't—they're probably a curious white fellow who went. That sounded like a gunshot. Let Absolutely. me go check it out. <laughs> Absolutely. Okay. Except I've seen some gated communities from the south, right? <laughs> Florida is south. I mean, right. we we yeah, just we just own them. Yeah, but it is south. Okay, right, <laughs> right. When you hear something like that, I mean, at some point you got to be like, oh, okay, a gunshot. Let me go like go outside, right? So these gated communities. So these are huge houses. So I'm mm-hmm. assuming it took them. You know, they run out the front door. First of all, they got to be s- stupid race of people <laughs> to run towards the fucking gunshot. But whatever. That's neither here nor there. I look. I, so then the, you're telling me that that person seen the clown calmly walk away from the scene of the crime, get into the white whatever the fuck the car was there, and drive away. <laughs> sure. Yeah. All within calm, not run to the car, but well, like calmly walk down the little fancy stancy well, stairs. Okay. It's not like well, she went well, bam well, and then she walked away. I, she made sure she was dying. You know, like you know, because well, it's like. You, you you know when you shoot somebody you want to make sure that you did the the right thing that like it was a flesh wound like you know I'm gonna live. Well, I mean she got shot in the face. I mean it's clearly I don't I think you can kind of walk away from that shot. Yeah, yeah. But I kind of like first of all I mean she's holding two balloons and flowers. I'm assuming they're on the same hand. Right. Um. But I mean think about it. Okay, hear me no, out. No, I have. Okay. I've been thinking this time. <laughs> I'm all I'm saying is that article is really 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 detailed. And I just want to know how they got those details. Who told them that? Well, I mean, probably because of the 30-year-old case. And they opened it up. I mean, I'm sure that that... You're going to tell me that in that 30-year-old fucking case, they found out that bitch was holding two balloons and, a fla- and some flowers? Well, well, well wait, 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 wait. Let me, let me, let me, let me, let me trump your little CS view, whatever. CS view? <laughs> SVU. SVU and your criminal minds. Like, I watch uh, Investigation <laughs> Discovery. I watch oh, ID, too? Oh, my God. I am in a room full of experts. Genius. You know what? And I, I can tell you, though, if we ever get attacked by some supernatural thing, I've seen every season of Supernatural, so we're covered. Cool. Okay, good. Continue. I'll be your psychic on that one. Okay. I'm, I'm in on that one. Okay, legal okay. experts. Let's hear what you got to say. No, the reason why is because you, when you watch these real-life cases unfold, 
especially the cold case ones, you, you find out that when this happens, a lot of information is written down. Like they peep, some cops take great notes. They'll talk to somebody and they'll give them all this detail. They go to the crime scene. The balloons might not floating away because I'm sure she didn't take them with her. No, so probably in the, the problem. The woman, so she's there laying on the ground. holding. Two there, there's two balloons now in the house. You know, it's like, well, with these ha- the, the sun came out and they go, did you always have these balloons? No. Well, then the, the clown must have said, gave them to you, you know, with the flowers. So that was, that was the, the <laughs> That's first not thing. what the article said. It didn't say she gave her the balloons and the flowers. It says that she walked up to the door holding a thing of flowers and two balloons and rang the motherfucking doorbell. That's what it said. Yeah, but she's not going to carry it with her. She's not going to be like... Why not? She called me, walked to the car. Like, fuck you, bitch. I'm going to take my balloons and my flowers well, with me. Well, it says that the clan held them out to Marley. So, okay. Like, Here, take these balloons. And as she's reaching for the right. balloons, maybe pop, pop. Okay, but my question is, how do they know all of that? Like I said, though, I mean, like after so many interviews with the son and the and the thing, all these notes are taken. Now, when you when you go, okay, here I got enough. It doesn't evidence say- here. I've got a I've got a, a booklet well, of. Mind that this is a person probably giving a certain a certain uh, a summary of the, the facts. That's a really detailed summary. Summaries are not supposed to be that detailed. But I'm just saying though, there's a lot of cold cases out there. I mean, if you really like, if you if we could go in and, and review these cases, there is some evidence there. It's pretty compelling. But then when, when you go to a lawyer or you go to, you know, the DA and they go, this is what I have. And they go, technically, this is circumstantial. They can throw this out because of this reason and, you know, like, whatever. And then you go, you don't have a strong enough case. So we're going to lose this case. So it's not worth it right now. I need you to collect more evidence. Mm-hmm. But then the thing is, is they go, that's it. That's all I have. I don't have anything else. I don't know where else to look. This is a, this is this is going to become a cold case. I'm going to try and prick up on leads, or probably they probably put a tip line out. People are calling in, and all this bullshit probably came through, and they you know they really didn't pan out. So after a while, you go, well, this is it. This is all I have. I took all the notes I can. It's, it's expertly detailed out, but it's all circumstantial. There's nothing factual about it uh-huh. to, to a certain point of view. So this is all I can do. So when the DNA came up and they go, oh, we, we found like something on the, you know, they collected some DNA because that's what they did. Before DNA came out, they were collecting DNA because they knew one day that they were going to have this kind of technology. No, I got all that. Okay. okay. <laughs> like all, none of that is my concern with this. My concern is ha- there. That's real fucking detailed to the point that she got out that car and walked up to that front door and rang that fucking doorbell or yeah. knocked on the door or however she did. Okay. All right. Super, super detailed. Who told them that? Well, maybe that's my question. Maybe the son was there. He maybe he was maybe he was near the door. I mean, like, we, absolutely. Let's like let's fly to Florida to find out. Let's go. Let's talk to the absolutely. son. Hey, yeah. Uh, when this happened, where were you exactly? Since, well, it's because it was Stacey all obsessed now with this this one thing because not the fact that she calmly walked away. Like I mean, I'm sure like with the gunshot, the guy person went out and walked to see why would she calmly? Because she's dressed like a fucking clown. How do you give that description to a cop? It's like, yeah, uh, red nose, big feet. Bozo the fucking clown walked up, shot that bitch in the face, turned around, calmly walked back to her Chrysler, whatever the fuck it is. See, I was born in that year, so I don't even know what the fuck that car was. Okay? (laughs) White Chrysler. That's all I got. And drove the fuck away and was like, toot toot, on the way out, okay? I get it. I got... If the son was standing there and, like, seen the whole thing... I'm not mad at the detectives, okay? I'm not mad at, like, the... You shouldn't kill people and shoot them in the face. That's wrong, okay? No, that is frowned upon. anything from the Tonight Show. It's, you know, don't shoot people in the face. Right. I'm mad at the person who wrote this article. Because I feel like they put in a whole... 
if the son was standing there, that's a really important detail. Well, Mr. maybe they, maybe they didn't want in the article. Maybe the son didn't want in the article, or maybe they wanted to put in the article because they wanted to put him in danger, or there maybe this. He was ongoing... a teenager in nineteen ninety. Yeah, that means he's like y'all's age now. <laughs> okay, almost. But maybe maybe, maybe maybe he's still afraid. Maybe there's like there's maybe now I mean, he's, he's a... terrified of clowns, clowns now. now. Yeah, that's for sure. I'm sure he. I'm sure his his friends are like, "Hey, want to go see it?" He's like, "No, fuck you." Fuck you. I lived it. <laughs> That just blew my mind. All right. Well, here's, I guess, the final article. Um, I don't know if we did this or not, but, I mean, as we found out last week, the Batman, the animated series is hitting... uh, Blu-ray. Blu-ray? Yeah. Here's uh, 15 behind-the-scenes confessions you might not have known. Oh, okay. About the animated series? Yes. (laughs) I haven't chased it. Bring it. I probably know all of these. (laughs) they, They start you off slow. First one is... Tim Curry almost played the Joker. Okay. And that one's relatively known. Mark Hamill himself has gone on plenty, done plenty of times. Yeah. That Tim Curry was the original voice for the Joker. Mm-hmm. So whatever reason, they went a different way. Right. He Mark's got the better, role. that's why. Huh? Because Mark's better, that's why. Sure. Listen, I heard Curry's Pennywise, okay? Mark's better. Okay. All right. All right. Next. Uh, next, it's writer almost died. Basically, it's, it's the Paul Dini mentioning that he got mugged. Mm-hmm. Um, it took an extreme psychological toll on him. Uh, he actually um, called, did memoirs. He was working on the show that helped him get through the, the mm-hmm. thing, which, again, a lot of people didn't know. Here's one that I thought. Batman 2, Freakazoid? Okay, as Batman, the animated series, wrapped up its run on Fox Kids in 1995, Bruce Tim was preparing a new superhero show sort of hybrid of Spider-Man and Madman, a show at Steve Spielberg's blessing as producer was going to be WB's next creation, next great action cartoon. Mm-hmm. That it is until it wasn't an action cartoon anymore. It became Freakazoid. Remember that show? Great, great <laughs> show. I, I liked it. It was about a, a computer uh, kid that was, you know, on the internet and he gets sucked into the internet and he goes crazy and he's Freakazoid and he has all these bizarre adventures and they're all against these, uh, uh, Kind of like almost like char- like crazy characters of yeah, Batman, it is rogue, rogue zag, rogue's gallery. right? And it was it was it was funny because it was always one liners. He was always just being goofy, and it was just it was just a fun show to watch. It right. was like you know, I was like, I really wanted more of that show. It said Spielberg kept pushing the comedy aspect of it to the point where Tim felt like he had nothing. To offer. Oh, I do remember this. I'm sorry. Okay. I googled an image. I, I remember sorry, this now. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so he wound up leaving the production. Tim wound up actually leaving the project because Spielberg wanted more comedy, Tim mm-hmm. wanted more deep, dark, Just right. Um, then Tom Ruger of Tiny Toons and Animaniacs fame would take over the production while keeping Tim's character design. A uh, sense of Tim's original version from Freakazoid can be seen in the betrayal of the Creeper in the new Batman Adventures. Mm-hmm. So if you wanted to get an idea of what that Freakazoid would have been like, yeah, it's good the Creeper, yeah. It's a good episode, too. Um, here you go. Censorship actually helped the show. Okay. Uh, Bruce Tim's policy on notes from the network censors would be to follow every instruction to the letter and then fi- somehow find a way to make whatever scene they were censoring even more disturbing. In I Am the Night, for instance, the censors objected to a scene of Robin being shot on screen, so they replaced it with a scene of Gordon being shot off screen that ended up being more powerful. Simple change of camera angle in Over the Edge made Batgirl's fall to her apparent death 
both less graphically violent and all the more viscerally scary. Uh, the death of Robin's parents and Robin's reckoning was all more was the more tragic due to how little they could have shown in the accident. Censoring the more negative responses to Bruce Timm's recent adult films have content limitations would have seemed more appropriate, would improve his creativity. Um, the only one of those that like ever really made like an impact on me is Robin Reckoning, Robin's Reckoning, which is actually a two part <laughs> episode, mm -hmm. part right. one and part two. Um, and that whole episode is very, or the whole two part episode is really, really dark. And, and you know what I mean? Like right. when you see, you don't see what happens to Robin's parents. You see like shadows, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? Um, and then Robin goes in like this super deep, dark hole of wanting revenge. And, you know, it shows a different side to Dick Grayson than, right. than any other episode in the entire series. But I always say, like, I think that, you know, when we saw Reservoir Dogs, you saw Mr. Blonde, you know, you know, Mr. Blonde cut off that cop's ear, but you didn't actually see it happen. Like, the violence of the act itself was never on camera. Mm -hmm. But in your head, you can picture it all. Right. Sometimes that actually winds up working in the director's favor. Absolutely. Because it's letting your own imagination paint that scene. Because anything else, if you really actually did film it, it maybe wouldn't have lived up to what was in your own head. Right. So I think that that's why the, the stuff on the show works. Right. Um, here you go. The Mask of the Phantasm um, almost wasn't. Okay. Oh, right? that's sad. Uh, Mask of the Phantasm is the only DC animated universe movie to get a theatrical release and one of the best Batman movies, period. Yeah. It completely bombed at the back box office despite great reviews. Why was that? The biggest culprit was a near complete lack of marketing due to the theatrical releasing being last minute. Warner Brothers had success with Tiny Toons, How I Spent My Vacation, and the first American directed video cartoon. So they asked the Batman crew to make a VTV feature. Mm -hmm. Originally, the plot of the episode Trial was proposed for the movie, but the idea was being deemed lacking. Trial's a good action. episode, too. Yeah. Um, the new movie idea combined Alan Burns' interest in a Batman romance story with origin story flashbacks borrowing from the unproduced script Vigil. The result was deemed worthy of a theatrical release if only the release was planned better. Right. I mean, it is a great movie. Yeah, so, yeah. <clears throat> um, this one is What Dreams Didn't Come. Uh, Morpheus from the Sandman series almost made an appearance in the Batman the Animated Series. Contrary to what some have theorized about the reasoning for the cancellation, Neil Gaiman has reportedly voiced that he was 100% enthusiastic about, about the idea when Paul Dini approached him about it, even proposing the casting of John Hurt in the role. A big reason why it never happened was in 1993, Vertigo split off with its own brand from DC, and a separation between the two company properties became enforced. They didn't want kids to be watching their Saturday morning cartoons, only to be introduced to a character from a book for mature readers, so the Sandman and Batman crash crossover episode never happened. Mm. Game still pushed for it to happen as late as Batman Beyond's production, but no such luck. Um, this one might be on the list of no duh. Um, it's the voice that launched the Dixon. Um, Batman's animated series' biggest influence on the greater Batman mythos was the invention of Harley Quinn. When Paul Dini created her, he had, had his friend Arlene Sorkin in mind for the role from the beginning. In an episode of Soap Opera Days of Our Lives, when Sorkin acted out a dream sequence in clown makeup, 
with Dean, uh, Dean's original inspiration. Probably was supposed to be a one-off character in the episode Joker's Favor, but her comedic delivery made her an instant favorite, and she'd go on to appear in more than animated episodes, and right. thus a legend was born, you might say. Mm-hmm. Um, number eight, the Burton dynamic. Okay. The animated series considered a risk in its initial pitching stage until Tim Burton's Batman became a worldwide blockbuster. With the series premiering in the same year as Bat- Burton's Batman Returns, it wasn't strictly beholden to fitting the style or continuity of the movies. But Burton's influence can be found throughout the various parts of the show. The most obvious commonality between the series and the movies is Danny Elfman's theme music, but more influence can be found in the character designs. While the Penguin's characterization in the animated series is very different from Batman's Returns portrayal, the character design was, was meant to evoke Dan DeVito's freaky, freakier Penguin. Mm-hmm. Uh, similarly, Catwoman was changed from a brunette to a blonde to much better resemble Michelle Pfeiffer's version of the, of the show. Okay. Um, We're losing you a little bit. I'm sorry to, to uh, you know, think you just get it closer get to the mic. The mic. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I, you know, not having a headset. Right. Making it hard. All right. Mr. Freeze was lukewarm. Okay. The original writer's Bible for Batman the Animated Series um, documented a, containing a character's bios, style tips, and concept art presented a clear outline of what the series would end up being. There are, however, some major changes between the Bible and the final project, and the biggest difference is Mr. Freeze's characterization. In this writer's Bible, Mr. Freeze is just a simple ice-themed criminal who was a bad guy before his accident, by a bad guy after, uh, one who was decidedly unemotional. In the actual show, Mr. Freeze is a tragic and sympathetic character who might act cold, but is entirely driven by the love for his terminally ill wife. Heart of Ice, the episode that introduced and renovated a reinvention of Mr. Freeze, won an Emmy for outstanding writing in an animated program, which by far to me is the, one of the best hands-down best episodes ever. Yeah, it's, it's up there, top five. <clears throat> this one's needs needs more Robin. <laughs> if Batman the animated series was going for a, mem- a more mature take on the Dark Knight, how do you keep the kids interested? Frankly, just being a Batman show would be enough for the kids watching. But the executives at Fox Kids wanted an extra guarantee of safety. That guarantee: add more of Robin in every chance they could. <laughs> While the early episodes contained a bunch of Batman solo adventures and only included the Boy Wonder sporadically. Fox demanded more and more Robin as the series went on. A proposed Catwoman Black Canary team-up episode got canned specifically because it didn't have enough Robin. The show's last season on Fox included Robin in every episode and was retitled The Avengers of Batman and Robin. See, that's where I think it lost a little bit, you know, of that. Like, because you... When you get the first season, you know, the first couple seasons, you're like, wow, this is great because it's like it's it's kid, but it's gritty. It's it's more like, you know, like anybody could really watch this and enjoy this Batman epics going on and, and, you, and you enjoy the story. But when they added Rob and it was kind of like more kitty friendly and then, yeah. you, know, you could feel the difference between the two. I mean, I did like some of the Robin episodes that were in there, but after like some of them was just like, wow, they're just, they're just really pulling I mean, yeah, for a younger audience. At that point, they had Nightwing and they had Tim Drake as Robin. Right. Yeah. When when Dick Grayson got brought in as Robin, it was still really really gritty. Yeah, I mean like his Robin was an older Robin, yeah. and it was still real gritty and like kids. It's like oh cool, it's Robin, but it wasn't like a real young Robin. Yeah, and then at the the last season or two was a completely different art style. Mm-hmm. Um, Batman looked completely different, His voices were different, and then it brought that Dick Grayson became 
Nightwing, and mm. then it brought Tim Drake in as Robin, who was much younger. Yeah, yeah. when bringing the bringing the kids right, and then and and Dick Grayson in the animated series, you always felt like he had like like he wanted something from Batman. Yeah, you know what I mean, like there's like there was this connection where he was like, just trust me, like you know, it's teamwork, blah blah blah. Tim never had that though. To me, it was never like that. Tim was kind of like sassy and like not a cool way, like Damien. You right. know what I mean? Especially in the animated series. Mm. So I completely agree with you. When I watch the animated series, the, some of the older or the, I guess, younger episodes, technically speaking, the later episodes, right? Some of the later episodes are not as good at all because mm. they have that little boy, annoyingly sassy child Robin running around getting in the way. Right. You know what I mean, it also didn't help too that they. They did the whole Batman Superman Power Hour kind of thing. Oh, jeez! Yeah. Like when you're teamed up with Superman, you gotta have a little bit of a pop, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Well, the war for the animation. Believe it or not, the animated series, like the other '90s Warner Brothers cartoons, used a variety of international animation studios to outsource its work. Mm-hmm. Uh, the best animation in the series is generally agreed to be the episodes done by the TMS Entertainment. Japanese studio that animated Akira. Uh, much much of the worst animation came from the South Korean studio ACOM. Um, Bruce Tim and other crew members have been vocal about their t- 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 distaste for ACOM's work on the show. Tim even salvaged their work on The Cat and the Claw Part 2 and Prophecy of Doom. About 80% of their original work on The Last Laugh had to be reanimated. Um, Acom's work in the episode Catch Scratch Fever was so bad that Bruce Tim had them officially dropped for the production. I know exactly what episodes you're talking about, and it those are visually like I don't want to watch this anymore kind of episode. You know, like um, you know how like in cartoons where where the outline of a character but the coloring of them will be off sometimes. Mm-hmm. Where like you can see the the block if their shirt's blue, you can see like the block of blue yeah. sticking out of the outline. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Those episodes have a ton of mistakes, like of that caliber mm-hmm. in those episodes to make it where you're like, I don't want to watch this. Now, which makes me wonder if that when it comes out in Blu-ray, are they gonna go back and polish them up? Good question. I don't know. I mean, that's that's <laughs> tough to say. Something to be said about the original production value. I mean, it just it just depends. I mean, like with the way the way. Uh, Bruce Tim has done things in the past with especially with these, these animated movies he's been putting out you kind of think that he would because he's had so much love for this series right. that, you know because I mean it did bring him to the forefront of you know of, of conversations especially with the Batman series so you, you kind of think that he will take the time and love to do that you know but it's just like is Warner Brothers going to spend that kind of money that's the I, question I, you, you know you kind of go you know I don't know I mean it would be smart for them because they I'm not I'm not I'm not yeah. disagreeing with that I I agree with you I think it would be completely smart because you know you're going to get a lot of fans buying this set because they're going to yeah. be excited to get it on Blu-ray finally and then come and watch it and you go they just they just they just high yeah. it up they just filtered it through and it was like really sad you know Well did you know that there's actually um over 100 episodes yeah, mm-hmm. there's like 126. Okay, well, actually, there there was 85 episodes on Fox and an additional 24 uh, new Batman Adventure episodes. Um, did you know that there's one that Tim, Bruce Tim himself, actually hated? What is it? It is, um, include, I've got Batman in my basement. He expressed disappointment with that. Included, I've got Batman in my basement, catch, 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 cat scratch fever, and the underdwellers, 
But what was the episode that he hated the most? The terrible trio. Oh, I know that one. Um, the t- okay, let me back up for a second. Okay. okay, I love the episode "I've Got Batman in My Basement." Right. The reason why is because that episode takes place from a bunch of kids' point of views of basically the penguin is coming for Batman, and the kids end up finding like this Fabergé egg mm. that um that the penguin really wants. Mm. So they they kind of get to play. You get to see how these kids kind of interact with these villains and these. Right. So the superhero, you know what I mean? And they put him in the basement, mm. and the whole time, you know, Penguin's looking for him, and Penguin has, like, this badass vulture because he collects all these birds, right. you know what I mean? I love that episode. <laughs> Strictly from, like, a kid's point of view. As an adult's like, point of view, I'm like, mm, it's kind of cheesy, whatever. But if you think about it as a kid, how fucking cool would that be sure. to have Batman in your basement? I, I get it. Well, now, he did say, like, in a post on the Toon Zone message board, Stim says... Tim stated that the episode was not just his least favorite Batman episode, but his least favorite episode of any of the DC animated series he produced. He didn't elaborate on why, but watching the episode is easy to figure out his reasoning. The the villains lack motivation beyond yeah. just being jerks. Yeah. The plot is weak, and the animation by the Jade Studio is choppy and off model. That's where the, the discovery age. They uh, that episode is basically a bunch of like jock kids who are bored, uh, teenagers who are bored basically, kind of decide to start like robbing some, robbing, <laughs> some, <laughs> some shit, and they wear like animal masks, yeah, you know, like stupid fucking animal masks, the photo, and they really are like just assholes who are they're not villains, like they, they just they're, they almost kind of remind me of the model of American Psycho. Yuppie dude bros that just go out for joy. Just, yeah. Just that are just kind of like bored. Yeah. You know, like, these like, are not villains. One's got a shark head. One's right. got a wolf's head or yeah. a cat head. And the other one's got like a vulture. Yeah. A it's buzzard stu- face. It's stupid. Like the whole, I totally know what episode. <laughs> uh, I watched way too much of this. <laughs> oh, there's another one. Batman's love life. Ha, what's the story, Batman? Which one? <laughs> anyway, how's your sex life? Is how Tommy Wiseau would talk to Batman. Or is it how Alan Burnett would? Uh, okay, Burnett is far better writer than Wasso, but he didn't want to. But he did want to explore Batman's sex life more in his scripts. Naturally, being a kid show, this part of the character was not something they were allowed to explore in any in any depth. Though Mask of the Phantasm was able to get away with an implied sex scene. Mm-hmm. Um, Burnett mentioned that there was once plans for an episode without any dialogue called Silent Night, and from the interview, he mentioned. Clear whether this episode was supposed to be one of his sexier ideas or just another thing can from the first separate reasons. Uh, he also wanted to do a story with Noctur- Nocturnia, but vampires and blood were another no-go for Fox Kids. Um, another thing, uh, Crush of the Phantasm. Andrea Romano, um, she retired in August of two- 2017. That's a shame. But for three decades, she was the best in the business for directing voice actors working from everything from DuckTales to Animaniacs to Avatar The Last Airbender, and was very much responsible for putting together the amazing cast for the DC Animated Universe, with Kevin Conroy as the Batman, as Batman, and one of her biggest directions to, was to make sure that Batman sounded sexy. Paying off, her, playing off her attraction to the Cape Crusader, Conroy would flirt with her in his Batman voice in preparation for his recording sessions. Mm, yes. <laughs> These fl- I need that. <laughs> <laughs> These flirtations became that a running. That just got creepy. Now. <laughs> yeah, no, I, like, I, I think I need. I just see something crawling now. Yeah. 
Um, these flirtations became a running joke among the crew and voice cast to a point other actors would imitate his flirtation. flirtations. <laughs> um, uh, the writing, writers gave Romano a gift when they named Batman's love interest in Mask of the Phantasm Adri- Adrian Beaumont after her. <laughs> That's cute. Now, here's this one you're going to find the most interesting, and it's the last on the list. Kevin Conroy's original voices were rejected. Listen, if a rejection happens and you get absolute fucking gold from that rejection, I'm not mad at that. <coughs> well, Sex it up, Kevin. Well, he said, speaking speaking to Hollywood Reporter for the 20th anniversary of the show's premiere, Conroy recalled that his original recordings involved very different voices for Bruce Wayne and Batman. He's like, my template for the two voices was the 1930s film, The Scarlet Pumpernel. Um, I played Bruce Wayne as sort of a humorless playboy to counteract the brooding nature of Batman. The two-voice idea was a good one, but his Wayne performance was too broadly humorous in the more serious tone of the series than in the series and it turned out. And he had to re-record the first episodes to make a difference in his voice more subtle. Bruce Tim was insisting on minimizing any jokey Adam West influences on Conroy's performance, instead directing Conroy as if, as if he was acting in a Shakespearean tragedy. Okay. okay. There you go. There's little tidbits about Batman, the animated adventure, baby. You either didn't know or didn't care you wanted. <laughs> you know? uh, any final thoughts on uh, the animated series? Or what would you, what you uh, experience? What I experienced with what? With this article or yeah, with the animated series? Did you did you find any did you find anything that you didn't know or Yeah, I didn't know um I I didn't know that, that Kevin Conroy had to redo his voices. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I didn't know that the reason why he sounded the way he do is because he wanted it to the lady wanted to be sexy. But I think that Kevin Conroy when I close my eyes and envision how Batman sounds, it's Kevin Conroy's voice that I have. Mm-hmm. I don't have anybody else. I, I gotta be honest. Um, I, I like that's the okay. perfect Batman voice, flawless. I didn't know that. Um, what's his face disliked some of those episodes, right? Tim you know Bruce what I mean, did. right? Yeah. Um, I didn't know that some of the that there was different animation studios, but that makes a lot of sense because when you watch, when I spent so much time watching the animated series that I I have all of the episodes pretty much fucking memorized at this point. <laughs> you know what I mean? So you see, like, you start, it's it's less, it becomes less about the story of what happens in the episode, because you, you know it so much, and you start to notice, like, those little bitty mistakes. Right. I just, I never knew that it was multiple animation studios. I just thought that... Someone got lazy? Yeah, that it, that it, it was early 90s, you know what I mean? Like, in my head, it just <laughs> happened. <laughs> well, I was saying, like, I know, like, I can remember the Joker's dread drawn two different ways in the series. Right, yeah, closer through. to the end, it got more shark-like. Yeah. Yes. And it was like I'm like I didn't like that. No. I'm like I'm like what happened? I'm, I'm like I like the way yeah. they originally drew. Yes. Them. Apparently, Tim said that was a creative decision. They made that decision. Okay. Yeah, you know, they wanted to because he was going. It became the new adventures of Batman and Robin. So it was kind of like the way I heard it. It sounds like every season they they were never really sure where they were coming back. So it was almost like they had to reboot the series. And then when they got the whole Batman Superman hour, they had to make changes in order to actually be full blown out. Yeah, um, in the beginning, the Joker, you can see the orange on his outfit. Mm-hmm. Um, you can see the discoloration between the greens in his hair. Mm-hmm. Um, he has eyes, like real eyes. Later on, he, you, he liter- his color palette is literally 
light green, purple, white, and black. That's it. Mm. There is no blue. There is no different color greens. There's no orange. Mm. None of that. It's just kind of like washed with these, like the paint program in computer. Like, you know, you just click to fill in like a, Mm. I mean, like that's what it looked like. It didn't look like there was any kind of like art in it. It looks like they just filled it in with the click of a mouse. Yeah. You know, you can definitely see difference but they all look different you know like robin looks different batman's outfit not only looks different but the symbol is completely different mm-hmm. his cow shaped different his eye shapes are different it's all different okay i, like I didn't like it but all right yeah. no i i don't like the later episodes either i you know i mean i i liked the some or the earlier episode mm-hmm. obviously because i think they had more, it did have more of an adult feel and right especially in 1994 i was like 24 years old watching that a cartoon, a cartoon Batman that I really, really liked. It was weird. Like, I'd why I, I, I drank here chuckling because the fact that I was twenty four. No, no, I'm, I'm uh, just I, 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 you, you do this to yourself all the time. You, you feel like you, if you say like I'm an adult, and I'm watching a cartoon. You're a little embarrassed by this. Like, oh no, I'm you not. Know, you know, I mean, back maybe back. I mean, then, I still watch cartoons. And I, you know, <laughs> no, no, I mean, you know, I think that when as a as a human being, you go through phases in your life. Like when you're in your early twenties. Like, okay, when we were kids, if you mentioned you read comic books, how soon were you a nerd, a geek? Did you get pushed around, beat, bullied, you know? Yeah, I mean, the, I mean, I can remember, like, when I was a kid, we used to play games. It was used to be like, you know, we we played Transformers, but we were, like, six or seven or, or eight, right. you know, kind of thing. And then as you got older, I'm still into Transformers. You know, you know, I'm a teenager now, but I'm still into Transformers. But my all the, all the friends that I had are now no longer because they're playing baseball or, right. or you know they're playing sports or something like that. And I never cared for sports. Like, and it was one of those type of things I try to fit in, you know, here and there. But after a while, like I wouldn't talk to anybody because it's just like I'm not going to open up to you and go, yeah, I'm still reading Batman comics and this is what's going on. And they're like, yeah, I dropped that because it's kids' kitty stuff. Like, you know, well, that, that's what I'm saying. Is like there you are at 20 years <laughs> old and you're watching the Batman animated show and you're like. As great as it is, like Heart of Ice to me always makes me tear up and get cry. Like I get Misty Ed watching it because yeah. the writing is so good, and you can actually, for a person who doesn't have a lot of voice inflection, you can feel his heartbreak. Like oh yeah, you can feel, and you're like, Laura. yeah, you just get that man that sucks. Like you feel bad for him, and in, in, in a very plain average take, like. You can't tell, like, if I were, like, t- I'm 20 years old going, dude, man, did you watch that Hard Ice episode? That was fucking great. You're like, no, dude, I was working or I was getting laid that night, you <laughs> pussy. You know, like, it was just kind of... Well, that's the thing, though. I mean, I, my, like, I ended up with a with a group of people that was in the same boat as I am, you know, kind of thing, and enjoy. Now, I, there was times that I was embarrassed. Like, we would be in a restaurant, and they people be making Simpsons restaurant references because that's when the height of Simpsons was, like, the, right. the, the 90s, you know, kind of thing. And they were making, like, and I'm like, I'm like, please stop. Like, like, like <laughs> we're now among other people that don't share <laughs> our enjoyment of right. things, you know, like, kind of thing. These people think we're weird, and it's just like, you know, and you've gone through that in life and you go, you know, you kind of go, you know, can you stop? Because, you know, now we're in high school. Like, let's, you know, but like I remember sitting with Dave Sipon. We'd be on a bus heading to school. Right. And he'd be like, I got Nip- like yelling it in the bus. <laughs> I got Nintendo Power Magazine and flipping through this this thing. <laughs> and of course, none of the kids were really playing video games at the time. So you were kind of like, you know, and I'm like kind of reading it, and you see everybody like looking at you like, like who's that freak? What are yeah. You oh, look at you, Mr. Moneybags. You've got yourself a Nintendo Power Magazine. Wedgie! <laughs> yes. 
That's what you felt like. You're like, we're gonna get jumped off this. We get off this bus. Like they're just gonna, they're gonna bump Our right. asses are grassing down the lawnmower, dude. Cool it down, will you? <laughs> you know, and he's he's really loud and vocal about things. You know, and he didn't care. Like that's who Sipon was. Like he didn't care who, like because he knew it's like because he knew the nerds' day was coming, Ed. Yeah, that sooner or later it was gonna be pop culture, and 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 it was gonna be like you can't you can throw a rock and you hook somebody in a Superman shirt or hey I got a Batman tattoo and not even know why. Right. Like, you know, because I because Batman's cool or Wonder Woman's cool now. Or yeah. Flash is cool. And you're like, dude, uh, who's Mr. Miracle? <laughs> <laughs> Give me the elongated man's real name or plastic man for that difference. If there's a difference. Get out. Like, you know, <laughs> you know. All right. Well, uh, there you have it, folks. Thanks for listening to Geeksters here live on AquanetRadio.com iTunes Radio and TuneIn. Just shut your Aquanet Radio and those apps. Uh, don't forget to go to our Facebook page, Geeksters, and give us a like. Follow us on Twitter at Geeksters. And if you want to catch the rebroadcast of this show, you could do so on our Facebook page. You can find the About section where to download it or the uh, wordswithgeeks.com website. Or you could just go to iTunes or Google Music Play and find us there as well. Don't forget to go to our Facebook page, Geeksters, and give us a like. You. Do you cover that already? Well, I want to say it sounds very important. I should want to say it twice. Twice or twice? Okay. Yes. Geeksters, Facebook, like. <laughs> the bullet points. <laughs> bullet. <laughs> but if you want to contact on anything you've seen or heard or just want to say hello, you can contact Sean at Sean at wordswithgeek.com, and it's S-H-A-W-N. Or you can contact Ed at Ed at wordswithgeeks.com, and that's E-D. All right, folks. See you next week. Bye. And we're back. Welcome back, everybody. I mean, there you have it, folks. You know, is there anything else you'd like to add? It? Uh, no, I enjoyed making it. I can't wait for the next one. <laughs> I enjoyed making it. Can't wait for the next one. I want to shout out an elephant in my pajamas. How I got my my pajamas? I have no idea. Waka waka. Hunk hunk. Beep beep. All right. Well, uh, tune in next week uh, for same geek time, same geek channel. What's that is? <laughs> that is Geeksters on Facebook. That's right. So please go to your Geeksters page on Facebook. Give us a like. Um, if you want to, you can catch the show live on Sunday night starting around 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on AquanetRadio.com, iTunes Radio, and TuneIn. Just search Aquanet Radio's apps. You can also follow us on Twitter at Geeksters. But as always, is there anything you want to talk to Ed about? Something maybe you think we should talk about on the show? Something you'd like to get his opinion on? Maybe you can contact him at ed at wordswithgeeks.com. Well, you can do that all with Sean, and you can definitely contact him at sean at wordswithgeeks.com. That's S-H-A-W-N. See you next week, folks. That was wonderful. Bravo. I loved that. Oh, it was great. Well, it was pretty good. Well, it wasn't bad. Well, there were parts of it that weren't very good, It could have been a lot better. I didn't really like it. It was pretty terrible. It was bad.